Hi, this is Stuttering John Melendez from The Howard Stern Show. And for some really stupid reason, you're listening to the... Insufferable Bastards. Great name for a podcast, morons. Thank you, John. I love you. Take it easy, Leo. These fucking superhero movies. How many fucking more can they do? Well, apparently one more called The Batman. That's the subject of this insufferable bastards. All right. Speaking of people you don't want to hang out with, I happened to stumble across this show on YouTube called Insufferable Bastards. Mm. Whatever, Carl. From who are these podcasts? Yeah, I'm Carlos Danger. This is a very special and weird episode of insufferable bastards first you'll notice that my co-host mr brian spears is not on mic hello hello as i hit my wire sorry about that yeah so this is uh the batman review brian didn't see it yet so i decided i went and saw it yesterday with my 11 year old son we were both confused walking out of it and i thought i'm gonna do a solo review of the batman but also because I can't even listen to myself. I'm already sick of myself, whatever, two minutes into this thing. But also, so the second part of this uh, here episode is a discussion of The Batman with Stephen Christina of Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Stephen Christina Jr. He comes in. He's a different take on The Batman. He liked it. I'm a little, little less enthusiastic. All right, here we go. The Batman review warning tons of the batman spoilers to follow the batman i tell you what it's a big old ambitious blockbuster of a movie you know what i mean that has moments of greatness but it's ultimately taken down by the fact it has too much to say and takes far too long to get to its damn point it's like the first 10 minutes of any podcast get to it already this movie has a lot going on thematically so a little bit about the plot right you got to know this by now the batman takes place just two years into bruce wayne's tenure as the dark knight so this sort of sophomore batman is one who just thinks his fists and beating the crap out of people can make a dent in a city that seems to be circling the drain even though you know they've got this crazy masked crusader vigilante going around vigilante and despite the fact that police have just taken down sal moroni who's like this mobster who had a French connection-level drug operation going on. By the way, did you notice how many times they mentioned Sal? Like, you really had, you had to, like, write down the name. Sal Moroni was the off-screen drug guy. Got it. Okay, I got to know Sal Moroni. So the movie is essentially, in terms of, of the theme of this movie, it's essentially about Batman's journey going from blunt force instrument, you know, a weapon of vengeance, to a piercing arrow of hope and resilience, a hero's journey, how to become a hero, despite your past trauma. And I'll admit, there is a scene of stunning greatness towards the end of this film, where the Batman, spoiler alert again, leads a group of people to safety, and a voiceover kicks in that mentions specifically the words hope and resilience. I don't think those words are in the script, by coincidence, I don't think they were in the script in the first version five, ten years ago, whatever it was. 
Do you know Sally Field's son co-wrote the script, according to Wikipedia? Interesting, huh? This movie, I guess, has a, it has a connection to Smoking the Bandit. How about that? But it's a movie, The Batman, is clearly commenting with the words hope and resilience on the state of our society right now. All right? I'm just going to say it. Two years into a global pandemic, six years into the most divisive political climate, the U.S. is known in, like, Several generations, less than two years after an angry mob fueled uh, in part by social media. It's also, it's also, also plays a part in, in the Batman. So two years after an angry mob stormed our nation's capital, Gotham citizens, like many of us, are looking for leaders or someone who can guide us out of this muck and mire, despair. Heady stuff for a superhero movie. Also about how Messages can be twisted and how mass psychosis can happen to a certain segment of the population to the point where it turns violent because they've been led down this extremist path. Interesting stuff. And in just terms of being a popcorn movie, right? So you get that the thematic stuff happening. The Batman, I'm sorry, the Batman reaches popcorn movie heaven in a car chase, right? Where it's the penguin played by Colin Farrell. Yes, you can recognize him. He's essentially playing De Niro in The Untouchables to me, right? It's Al Capone from The Untouchables. <laughs> so Al Capone tries to outrun the Batmobile, which is in a, in a long introduction, because obviously this is, yeah, it's Sally Field's kid. He had to have the Smokey and Bandit cool car moment. Basically, the Batmobile in this movie, The Batman, is reimagined as a 72 Cutlass Supreme with like a jet engine zip-tied to the back of the thing. So after, you know, there's this car chase that goes on and uh, it, it, it's, I was a little confused at the car chase, but the Penguin's reaction is, is great to being chased by the Batman. Unfortunately, it's in the trailer, so you've probably all seen it, even if you haven't seen the movie. But that scene, you know, the, the interplay there, the sort of mad chaos of it seems to be from like another Batman movie and it just kind of made its way in because I wanted more of that. But... Again, I wanted more of that and less Thomas and Martha Wayne. That's Bruce Wayne's parents. Yes, there is a mass psychosis taking place with this movie in which every review I read mentions the fact, well, it's not an origin story. We don't have to sit through the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents for the millionth time. Yeah, but Thomas and Martha Wayne loom all over this script. They're the albatross that weighs on Batman's soul. And guess what? It is tedious. I am done hearing about Bruce Wayne's parents. Move on. Stop it with the parents, DC. Whoever funds this movie, Warner Brothers, whatever. We get it. Move on. And there's a true mass psychosis happening with people saying, this is a great detective movie? As if the Batman, I'm sorry, the Batman, is on par with the intricate and, keyword here, engrossing plots of L.A. Confidential, True Detective Season 1, right? Those are the high marks of detective shows from the last 40 years. But that's not what this is. Yes, the Batman and future Commissioner Gordon make a great team. They're great partners. They work together. And yes, there are many crime scenes in this movie. In fact, it gets, come on, it gets repetitive. Three hours? This movie's three hours. 
So they go to crime scenes together and they do like detective work, pretty, pretty cliched, like guessing riddles. That's their detective work. There was a great scene early on involving a thumb drive. I thought that was pretty cool in terms of cop procedural. I'm running out of breath. But this is also a detective movie where a corrupt DA, seemingly, in the words of the great Christopher Penn from Reservoir Dogs, just decides, out of the effing blue, to reveal massive amounts of criminal information to a young woman he just met at a club. Yeah, I get he's high, but what is it, truth serum? Oh, and by the way, the, the woman he just met, you know, Catwoman, she's wearing contact lens that is uh, recording everything. That's not, that scene is not a scene from a good detective story, ladies and gentlemen. I hate to burst your bubble, but characters suddenly revealing hidden info without prompt, without cause, not the hallmark of a great movie mystery. No, no, it's not. It's not a great detective story. I'm sorry. Three hours. But I forgive it because the DA is played by what's his name? Peter Sarsgaard. I don't know if that's how you say his name. And he's one of our great character actors. What was that shield, the glass on? Shattered glass. Best journalism movie of, of all time. And uh, by the way, the, the mystery that everyone's sort of gushing about, here it is. And again, spoiler alert. So we got the Riddler. He's killing corrupt people because he's weird. <laughs> oh, and by the way, sort of independent to that, I think, because I didn't get some of this movie. I was confused. A Wayne family fund that was created to rejuvenate Gotham City was pilfered by corrupt cops, politicians, all kinds of leaders, et cetera, et cetera. And John Turturro, the great John Turturro, another one of our great character actors, is a mobster who worked with police to get that other mobster arrested and he essentially runs the city. Like, but there it is. I, that's, I don't know, that's pretty standard fare there. Not like the usual suspects or something where there's like a big twist or surprise. I mean, there sort of is, but you can see everything in this movie coming from a mile away. Why did it take a three-hour movie to resolve a plot that simple? Why is it so confusing? Didn't hold my attention. I, I apologize. I feel bad. I know a lot of people love this movie. But I think I know why it didn't hold my attention. Because it spends 20 minutes rehashing whether Bruce Wayne's dad was a good guy or not. Boring. So, right, first there's an accusation from the Riddler. Right, because the Riddler is sort of the... Uh, Guy from Seven, like he's the mysterious killer. Yeah, he's a killer. He's definitely a killer who's going after corrupt people and he leaks out there that Bruce Wayne's mother and father were whatever, not as pure as they were portrayed. So then this, this upsets Bruce Wayne. I mean, who cares? So Bruce goes to see John Turturro, the mobster, who gives him some information. Okay, that's a lot of talking to really a plot point. And then Bruce goes to see Alfred, who had just been blown up, but lived, somehow survived, to go talk about this some more. Talk, 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 talk. Who cares? I started daydreaming towards this stretch, and this is where the movie just lost me. And I just was starting to check my watch in the movie theater. I mean, there's a reason people don't listen to this podcast. I don't edit. Neither does the Batman. There's a mass psychosis happening here, people. How many articles have you read comparing The Batman to Seven? Or if you're dumb, to Saw? How many times have you read that this movie sort of plays like David Fincher, Zodiac comparisons I've seen? Because, you know, it has symbols. The Riddler writes some crappy symbols on a piece of paper. Oh, yeah, that's like Zodiac. Yeah, that, those are the first symbols. Yeah, it's very much like Zodiac. 
How many articles or tweets have you seen comparing the Riddler to a killer from a horror movie? Guess what? Just because it's familiar doesn't make it good. This movie was mashed together from the parts of other better movies. Just go watch those movies. Go watch Seven again. I swear to God, this movie also seems to be influenced by Sidney Lumet, which is bizarre. He, of course, made movies about corruption and specifically about how corruption rots the individual's soul. The Batman is the children's version of a Sidney Lumet. This is like Dr. Seuss Sidney Lumet. Go rent Serpico, Prince of the City, Night Falls in Manhattan, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, to experience more of that. It's like the, the Batman just takes a little ingredients from a dozen other movies. I mean, you've probably read, I bet, Paul Dano. Paul Dano is electric as the Riddler. I think Paul Dano, another great actor. Great, great, great actor. What was it? Escape from Dannemore? Love the guy. Love him. I will now read from my script here. I prepared for this podcast for this Batman review. I'm sorry, the Batman. As Paul Dano, in the voice of Paul Dano, portraying the Riddler in the Batman. I am the Riddler. I deliver lots of wearing the mask, the gimp war, and pop fiction. Also, at the end of the movie, my scene in the future. I couldn't understand what the guy was saying 90% of the time. He's wearing a mask. He's wearing the, uh, the gimp mask from Pulp Fiction. I, did that scare you? Like you can see what you see one of his eye like he, he looks like he's got like a cat he's, his eyes like my uh, my cat's eyes like a kitten's eye never been scared of an eyeball except that un chin whatever on the low what is it louis Bennell? they cut it with the razor blade that was that was that was creepy the only time i've ever been scared of a single eye paul dano's eye is not scary i'm sorry yeah and at the end he takes it off great great madman great madman too bad that's the end of psycho when you get Norman, what's his name, alone in the, in, the, in the place. It's essentially a riff on that. Also, I feel like the sheer amount of arts and craft the Riddler used in this movie. Come on, he, was he buying that stuff? He had to be going. What is there, Michaels? They, the, they couldn't go to the local Michaels. and Hey, anybody buying a lot of like creepy-ass uh, greeting card type stuff or stuff, stuff that could be used? Anybody buying like, like a lot of Sharpies? And they could have just tracked him that way. I don't know why it took three hours. Look, I just solved the case. So anyway, I don't know. I'm a little bit clamped. So I, I, I tell you, I mean, on the positive side, I, I know I'm being a little hard. I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm happy the Batman exists. I liked it more than, you know, your average Avengers movie. As you can probably, you probably can tell I'm not a huge fan of uh, Marvel movies or superhero movies in general, as evidenced by that Bill Burr clip. I got to take a drink of water. So yeah, the... Uh, Performance is flawless. Patterson, that guy's a great actor. Great in the Rover. Great in Good Time. Class act. You know, good, good, good actor. And I, I love the fact we get to hang out with Batman finally. This has been in a lot of reviews too. Not necessarily original thought. But yeah, I just, I, I, what turns me off about a lot of the other Batman, I don't care. Bruce Wayne, who cares? Bruce Wayne's a play. Who cares? We just want to hang out with Batman. What's Batman's day like? What's, his, what's, a, what's a typical eight-hour shift for the Batman? And you get some of that in this. And that's the character. It's the Batman. So this, this movie definitely gets that right by the fact that this movie is about the Batman. So that was cool. Also, screw Alfred. I don't care about Alfred, right? Come on. Let's be honest. We can, Michael Caine. Ah. <laughs> ah, sorry. 
Zoe Kravitz, by the way, electrifying. She's a stunning physical presence. Uh, she seems to be able to emote just using her fingernails. I don't know if I've ever quite seen something like that. She, uh, she's got a lot of star power, so she blazes across that, that screen. Peak movie form, movie star form here, I think. Probably steals the movie. Colin Farrell, again, he's good too, but he's not in it that much as the Penguin, you know? And that's the other thing. There's so much going on in this movie. There, there's themes. The director, and he co-writer, the co-writer of the script there, Matt Reeves, co-wrote it with Sally Field's kid. They're trying to say a lot. I respect that. But obviously, they're also got to set up the franchise so we get the Penguin stuffed in there. And I think that's why every one of these big budget superhero movies they're they're long because they have to set up the next five movies i know that's not an original thought but i did notice that so yeah zoe kravitz steals the the movie there's a lot of positives in this movie there are also a lot of things that drove me crazy and i guess to summarize at the end of the day the batman is a very noble failure seacrest out Well, uh, that was my review of The Batman. And now here is Stephen Christina Jr. from Super Retro Throwback Review. Hey, like I said, I'm Carlos Danger, and this is Insufferable Bastards. And my guest this week, my very special guest this week, filling in for co-host Brian Spears, hello, hello, is none other than Mr. Stephen Christina Jr., of Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Hello, Steven. How you doing? And you got the name right in one shot. <laughs> you always like stutter the name sometimes, so. <laughs> Super Retro Throwback Reviews, the audio files 2.0. No, not 2.0, just the audio files. 2.0. No. I think you're wrong. <laughs> and also you have a CSI podcast. What's the name of that one? CSI The Vegas Files. The Vegas Files. That's my CSI joke. Nope, we don't do Miami or New York, just Vegas. There's no screaming at the theme. What what's the theme song for Vegas? What's the intro thing? Is it something it's not the who? The the for uh Vegas and Miami and New York, it's all the who, but different who songs. So for Vegas, it's who are you? For Miami, it's um my, for Miami, it's uh, the yeah one. I can't Won't get fooled again, baby. Yes. And then for New York, it's Baba O'Reilly. So, so I mean, super retro throwback reviews. Uh, it's, a, it's a talk show. It's like a, a full program where you have interviews. You talk about what's going on in pop culture and you have reviews. It's good stuff. And in the Patreon, yeah, you get stuff early. And because I assume you got the Mortal Kombat dude because you're part of the Dorkening Network and they yeah. have their network of, uh, I mean, that's a collection of 40 podcasts or so. So you well, get some, you get some ump there in terms of getting good guests, which is really cool. And not only just that, but you also get a series that I concocted called The Rant, where pretty much I bitch and moan about things that piss me off. And I was on a tear in 2021 with covid stuff so i talked about one-way grocery aisles because i got into a bit of a barney with someone at the grocery store me getting assaulted by someone not wearing a mask 
um another story for another Wait, time you it got was, assaulted did you call the police did you contact the authorities can i know the, this? the the, pol- the pol- person i was working for wouldn't let me press charges oh. so, anyway different story for different I'm gonna give time. you a name of a lawyer after this you just got to give me like whatever monetary damages you get from this you get a Throw me 10%. I'll recommend somebody. Yeah, and as a Patreon backer, I, I watched you get into that fist fight with that guy. It was awesome behind the scenes. That was good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely check Day it out. Violence. Patreon backers exclusively. Patreon.com slash Super Retro Podcast. Definitely check it out. But anyway, all right. So that's our, that's, our, that's our intro where people get an idea of what Super Retro Throwback Reviews is, and they should go support you on Patreon for stuff because uh, he's, I mean, obviously, as you heard Stephen describe what goes into one podcast, there is a lot there. Steve's a busy dude, and he puts a lot of uh, sweat and blood and violence into his podcast. So it's awesome. All right, so let's talk about the Batman, <laughs> Stephen. Because yes. we have different, we have different opinions on this. But uh, did, I mean, Steve, Stephen, you should go to his podcast. Should, wait, wait, what? Did you see my mobile movie review on it? I st- well, here's the thing. I started to. Before I watched the movie, I sat down with my son. He's 11 years old. And I was like, oh, let's put on, um, we're on YouTube in my living room. You know, I was like, let's put on Steven's review of uh, the Batman. It just popped up on my new videos thing. But you're cursing so much. I had to turn it off. My kid was I... like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was R rated, but you were very passionate in your response to the movie and uh, the f-bombs w- were flowing so you you loved the batman yes um so tell me about it what worked for you well if you've heard our show for the past month and a half or past year i've been on a anti dc tear because i'm sorry i'm not gonna sit for four and a half hours and watch a black and white version of justice league and uh, CGI Henry Cavill mustache that's Warner Brothers pissed away a couple million dollars to wipe off the face of the earth when he was filling out filming Mr. Impossible Fallout. No, and I don't like Ben Affleck anyway. Um, I just didn't like Justice League and having people f- bitch and moan and whine and cry over Justice League and having a Snyder cut. I'm letting them relish that moment, but now I get to relish my moment because this was the bet DC movie I enjoyed. And I enjoyed this because I still have battle scars over and PTSD over the fact that they use Jim Carrey as the Riddler, which he has a similar, you know, um, if you look at Frank Gorshin and Jim Carrey, they're one and the same. Paul Dano. My fucking Paul Dano as the Riddler took the Riddler to another fucking level. That is what I loved about this movie. Um, because it was part Zodiac, part John Doe from Seven, part Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs, part Jigsaw. And I'm a horror guy. You know that. A couple of my friends know that. Yeah. And it's interesting it, though. Like what you're saying is positives, I take as negatives. I think it borrowed too much from it. Was like a, it was like they took something from everything and mashed it up into this one movie. But I interrupt you. I, well, you like it. You like it. But we have totally what, I, different tastes on this one. The one thing uh, I was on the fence was I'm sorry to cut you off was Pattinson as Batman because still with, you know, I have my res- reservations on certain Batmans. Coney <clears throat> sucks. Um, but 
Yeah, I Pattinson was. We'll, we'll talk about it. I know you have a echelon of notes for us. So yeah, I mean, I like. I, I think Robert Pattinson is a great actor. I think he's coming out more and more. He's one of our great actors. He's one of our great young actors. So, uh, I guess. All right. So you already ranked it. Looking at some of the notes I had sent you there, yeah. Where would you rank this, or maybe you didn't rank this? Where would you rank this in terms of all the theatrical live action Batman movies that have been released since nineteen? Well, I guess we can throw in nineteen sixty six, but go ahead. Where, where's the Batman directed by Matt Reeves rank? Top three. So What's number one, Batman eighty nine. Like I said, <laughs> and then number two, number two, The Dark Knight. Yeah. And then Batman would be three. The Batman number the number three? Yeah. yeah the they, they, they throw that the in there. Don't blame me. Yeah. The Batman would be at three. It's hard to write about it when you always have to put the Batman. I'm going to go best Bat movie that I've ever seen was. What's the one with Bane? Is that the Dark Knight Rises? What the hell is that There's one called? There's two. There's Batman and Robin, which we don't talk no, no, about. No, 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 no. Those are all, I, I don't like any of those. The newer one. Um, with, uh, what's his name? Dark Knight Rises. Is that what the name of the movie is? Why am I doubting myself? Yeah, I think that's the best. I think the Batman is second, and I'll put the Dark Knight three. I remember back in the day, 1989, my usual co-host, Brian Spears, and I, I believe we skipped school to go see... Batman, Tim Burton's Batman starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson on opening day because we were so excited. I mean, Jack Nicholson, this is the guy like before I was born was making, uh, you know, five easy pieces. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. He was in The Shining. Uh, but just prior to Batman, he was making a lot of garbage. A lot of his movies in the 80s were garbage. So as you're coming of age in the 80s, like me and Brian were, we're like, oh, we're finally going to get a good Jack Nicholson performance. But so we saw it and we liked it. To me, it doesn't hold up. And I know a lot of people love the sequel with Danny DeVito as the Penguin. I, I personally, I, I can't stand that movie. But in general, my bias is I don't really like any of these superhero movies. I don't know why we're talking about the original Batman so much. But, you know, before that, what were we seeing in terms of superhero movies? It was like Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, Superman 3 with Richard Pryor, which are awful, awful, awful movies, which <laughs> we should just forget about. But all right, so we're talking about Robert Pattinson. You know, I, I respect the guy. I think he's a great actor. Uh, I thought he was great as Batman. Uh, and I'll, I'll put him, I mean, I also, you know what though? I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. So I'm going to put Pattinson first. I'm going to put Affleck second, even though the Affleck movies where he's Batman are terrible because they're not really Batman movies, but I liked, I thought that had potential there. Uh, so who, where do you rank Pattinson in terms of all the Batman over the years? And I guess there's been a hundred thousand Val Kilmer, Christian Bale, of course. I mean, Christian Bale's voice. I'm so happy this movie didn't do the. I, don't I mean, know. not in, not including like the silent actors from the 40s and 50s. No, we're gonna we're gonna cut it off at 1966 with Adam West. Everything before that does not exist okay. in our world. All right. So I'm gonna pop. Oh, what are you gonna you gonna name Claude Rains or something like that? Who are you gonna say? I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm. <laughs> uh, Buster Keaton here. played Batman at some point. No, 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 no. There was a. They did a bunch of film serials, like when they did uh in the World War II era. They ran them in the movie theaters, and uh, they had a guy. It was like, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Fatty Arbuckle as Batman. Pattinson, I put in the. Uh, I put him in. 
I'm splitting this list with Batman versus Bruce Wayne because okay. when I saw Pattinson as Batman, I liked Pattinson as Batman better than I did as Bruce Wayne. I agree. So with Bat- Pattinson's Batman, I put him up there in the top three with actually top two because, uh, well, actually top three because it would be Michael Keaton at one. Sorry, soft spot for Michael Keaton. He's the 80s icon god. Dream team. Best Keaton movie ever. With Stephen um, First and Christopher Lloyd. I remember that. I saw that in the theater. Dream yeah. team. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Night that, Shift. I saw Night Shift in the theater, which introduced him to the world. Henry Winkler and uh, yeah. Michael Keaton running a, running a brothel in a morgue. Sorry, go ahead. I'm interrupting you left and right. No, it's But fine. it's Sunday, goddammit. <laughs> um, Keaton will be at one. Pattinson would be at two and Val Kilmer would be at three. Gotcha. And we had talked about, I'd blabbed on at the beginning about uh, music. You know, we were talking about the CSI stuff. Yeah. And uh, what's your opinion as a man, a couple of years younger than me, I'm interested to hear your take on this. The use of the Nirvana song, something in the way. I thought it was fantastic. The use of something in the way with the grungy, dark feel to it, given how Kurt Cobain wrote that song, it was he was in a dark place when he wrote that. It was brooding when he wrote that. He was going through a rough time when he wrote that. Not blowing his brains out rough, but you know he was going through a rough time. Yeah, but yeah. So I like the use of the music. Because you have any, I'm sorry, but did you have any apprehension like I did about hearing maybe a song from your childhood, you know, one of the all time great songs put on display in a big budget, massive commercial appeal blockbuster? Do you think that could, I was worried it would cheapen the meaning of no. that song and what it means to people by just throwing it in a comic book movie. Yeah. I was a little, I was a little uncomfortable, like I said, but then I was, I guess something in the way when they were creating the script for this movie and all the pre-production, it was brought up again and again, it was actually in the script and you know, this is the, the feel, this is what Batman's going through in this movie. So it, it kind of won me over. Cause now that I've seen this movie, I don't know. I saw it yesterday with my kid and you know, parts of it, and I'll, I'm doing a whole separate review, but I was a little, I don't know what to think of it. And as I'm getting away from it a little, there's parts of it that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. But then yeah. there are parts of it, there's parts of this movie where I just was zoning out. Uh, I just, I, I really didn't understand what was happening at parts. Uh, the, the detective, quote unquote, detective story lost me in, in big chunks of the movie. So there's a New York Times review that says it, it, it has something to say. But holy cow, it takes a long time to get there. That was sort of my whole summary of the movie. I thought that hit it right on the head. But and then in, in terms of major spoilers, I mean, there's the ending, right? And please don't, don't, whatever, don't stop listening if you haven't seen the movie. But and, and this was from Variety. The uh, early idea, I guess, I don't know if it was an early version of the movie, if they ever filmed it, or it was an early script idea, or it's just something they, they said and never put to paper. But the Joker was going to have a bigger part in this film, according to this article. And it was an interview with the director. He was going to be sort of a Hannibal Lecter type where 
Bruce Wayne goes in to visit him uh, in jail so he can get tips about how to catch the Riddler. I'm really happy they didn't do that because this movie has enough references. I'm boring you. I'm sorry, Steve. Steve's falling asleep. He's, he's no, 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 no. I woke up really early this morning so I could make breakfast for my girlfriend because it was her birthday. So I, I was um, yawning because I was tired. But, but what? <laughs> it's all right. You're you weren't boring me. Don't worry. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, at the end of the movie, we do see... Well, we don't see. We kind of see. It's the Joker. The, the one of the last scenes, or maybe the last scene. I guess it's close to the last scene. Is the Joker is in what is that Arkham Asylum next to uh, the Riddler? So, it, it, but I guess this this story says they're not necessarily. This article from Variety says they're not necessarily bringing back the Joker for what will obviously obviously be another movie. What what is your what is your thoughts on that? And wouldn't it be great if it was Jaquan Jaquan Phoenix, whatever his name is, get Joaquin that guy in Phoenix. there? Joaquin, yeah. I always say his name wrong. Um wouldn't that be I'll, awesome? I'll answer your question in a minute, but I wanted to ask you a question before you went off on to a little mini rant there. You took your kid to this movie? Mm -hmm. Did you get like dirty reactions from No, people? I say most this is it's a comic book movie, man. The, the target oh, audience yeah, but, is kids. It's there, was, there, there was probably there was probably 70 percent uh kids in the movie really because yeah it, come on no 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 because this is a lot of people are saying this movie is not for kids i think that's marketing it's no. boring i mean <laughs> i did like at the end of it i would say it's not for kids because it's a slog to get through uh and at the end of it my son asked me when we got to the car he's like what'd you think i was like eh, it was all right i was like what did you think he's like meh and then he asked me, like, why did they chase the, the they, there's a great car chase, but what motivated the penguin to run? And why did Batman chase him? And I was like, I don't know. Parts of it. So he was, he was sort of confused by it. But uh, so, yeah, in that aspect, but it's not this whole thing that it's scary in any way. That's just, I think that's just marketing and that people are just repeating that on Twitter where everyone just feeds off the same three articles that so originate from the studio. You know, this idea that it's like the, the Riddler is somehow, I'm getting angry. The Riddler like is somehow a horror character. I mean, they just, this movie steals from a lot of better movies and throws it all in. So in what opinion. was the question you were asking me before I asked you that question? You said you're asking. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if they brought back Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in a sequel? Because it does seem to thematically, this is like this, the Batman takes place in Manhattan proper while Joker, which came out a couple of years ago, is up in the, uh, the, the Bronx. You, you get that yeah. feeling that it, it is the same New York yeah, City or Gotham City, yeah. you know? So what do you think? Yes and no. Um, actually, I take that back, thinking back to, I just had to speed run the Joker in my mind. Yes, because given how the events of the ending of Joker played out, and you know how young Pattinson is. Pattinson is in this. Yes. So yeah. Cool. It was also I, interesting I, that Joker and this sort of say the same thing about how the masses can be duped to uh, you know they get the wrong message and support the wrong things. They're both they both essentially said the same thing. Also, uh, the title cards are the same. Joker, I didn't that, big, are they? Big yellow uh, letters. And then Batman was big red letters. I like the way that was cool when it started. The Batman. In case you didn't know what movie you were in. And I guess from Deadline, $120 million it's made so far. So it is a legit hit. And it's Pattinson's first $100 million opening week since Twilight. All so many, you know, all those years ago. I've never seen the Twilight movies. Me neither. Uh, 
All right, good. We got that going for us. Take that, Twilight fans, of which there are many of this. I guess of our 100 listeners, 70% of them are huge Twilight fans. All right, so now I, I just want to end this by peering into your brain a little bit and getting to the essence of who Steve and Christina Jr. is from Super Retro Throwback Reviews, which you can support on Patreon. Find it all uh, wherever you get your podcast, people. That's your problem. I can see where Steven is. And I can you just talk to us or tell me about what what do you have on your wall? I always love I like what I like going through stuff, the stuff behind people. So I see die hard, not one, but two. Why is that? Well, for those of you who don't know, Middletown had a old Middletown, Connecticut. Yeah. Had a shop, like a thrift shop that closed down and the guy that it had like a theme like old theme park rides it looked like a junkyard oh wow i, I forgot oh, uncle bill's wild bill's thrift shop i don't know they were closing down they've been open for 50 years i went there on the last day before they closed and i found that poster it's a one sheet theatrical movie poster i found it for 99 cents Wow. Okay. That's awesome. That's the story behind that. That's why I love asking these things. And then I see you've got a Mortal Kombat, looks like the whole, the, the full stand-up arcade thing yep. in the background. Who did you kill? To, who'd you get that off? That fall off a truck? No. What are you I doing out there in Avon? Technically from, it's from Walmart because it's the one-up arcade machine, but um, it was a great uh, display piece from when we did our interview with Master Daniel Pacina, become a Patreon backer. Um, but my prized possession which is to my right side is that my phantasm poster. Okay. I was going to say, I couldn't exactly tell. I thought it was phantasm. Yeah. So what's the story behind your phantasm poster? So I was with the Dorkening podcast network and we were at a horror convention and um, pretty much everyone from phantasm minus Angus Scrim, obviously was there. And I moderated the reunion panel number one, which was fantastic. Number wow. two, that's awesome. I, I interviewed Don Coscarelli, which was fantastic um, on my podcast. And number three, I got all of them to sign that big one sheet poster. That's awesome. That's so, really cool. So what, what horror convention was that? It was Scarecon in Framingham, Massachusetts back in 2019. Oh, wow. See, that's one I've, I've never been to. I thought I had hit all the, I guess like Massachusetts is a little, little, up the way for me i'm more of a I'm, I'm tied to like new york and new jersey but that's really cool man i don't know you let yeah. a panel that's awesome yeah I, all right that's it so. that's it steve that's all i got man we talked about the batman i want to thank you so much uh, for coming on you know i had a good time talking to you yet again and i really had a, a lot of fun talking to you uh, on your podcast a couple of weeks ago and i guess we got to do this again soon yes definitely all right peace and love brother peace and love <laughs>